97.9 The Hill, WCHO, and the UNC Hustman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC journalism professor, Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. Our topic today, college football and projected playoff matchups. Our guest, Bill Curry, former coach at Georgia State, Georgia Tech, Kentucky, and Alabama, also a Super Bowl champ twice. So, Coach, the when the uh, pairings came out the other day, no surprise at number one. I think any reasonable person who's not from Auburn would say that Alabama is the best team in the country right now. They are just dominating again. And um, I don't, it's no surprise when you have a coach like Saban at a place like Alabama uh, over a long period of time, then what you get is dominance. And uh, he's, he's terribly disappointed if they don't dominate and everybody over there knows it and that they're dominant again. You have several other teams, Coach, that I could point to that really good offense or really good defense. Rarely do, is a team as good on both sides of the ball as Alabama. It's like they could compete with the lower echelon teams of the NFL almost. It, they are seem so good. Well, you think that uh, when you see them play, but um, the worst NFL team could take a part a great college team just because what I try to tell the guys when, when, if I speak to a college team, they start asking about what I got to do to play in the NFL. I said, think about the greatest player that you ever lined up against the guy that whipped you all day long. Okay. You thinking about that guy, everybody you touch in the NFL is going to be better than him. (laughs) So uh, yet the S maybe they could compete for a little while, uh, they are that good on the college level, but NFL guys are a different breed and you have to become one of those different breeds if you want to survive in the NFL. But what Saban does is he gets his players to play at a level that is beyond what other coaches can get their players to play at. And that's not good English, but that's what he does. Coach also no surprise. I think number two, Notre Dame, the only other team that has played 10 games and won all of them. Uh, Notre Dame is pretty strong, but I just don't get the same impression of the Irish as I do with the Tide. Well, what the impression um, differential is that you're noticing, and there's a fancy uh, phrase that um, broadcasters misuse all the time because they don't understand it, but there's something called the speed of the game. And when you move, move from one level to another, if you move from midgets to high school, the speed of the game accelerates. High school to college, speed of the game accelerates, so on and on to the NFL. The speed of the game, uh, when you watch Alabama, is very different from Notre Dame. That's what you're seeing. The linemen uh, are, are good and tough at Notre Dame, but they're not lightning quick. Everybody at Alabama is lightning quick. So uh, I think Notre Dame could play them a pretty good game, but I don't believe they would beat them. So I think that's what you're seeing. Number three, Clemson. 
Uh, again, a really good team. Only loss was to Notre Dame in a high-scoring affair. Trevor Lawrence was out. Several other players were out. I mean, it's the COVID season, so you're going to see that kind of thing. Does a does a healthy Clemson beat Notre Dame? I'm biased because um, uh, Dabo Sweeney is one of my former players when I coached at Alabama, and he has a magic not unlike Saban. If he has his whole team together, including the quarterback, and he has them working over a long period of time, which he will have for this playoff thing, then they will be they will be able to match Alabama, I believe, in the speed of the game. I'm not sure that they have as much talent as Alabama this year. And as great as Trevor Lawrence is, I'm not sure that he's better than Jones, the Alabama quarterback who may be the best Alabama quarterback I've ever seen. And that is tall cotton. And he's, uh, he's really accelerated or moved up the ranks, if you will, in the Heisman race. Well, he's just incredible. He doesn't make a bad throw. He doesn't make any bad decisions. Uh, they don't, the, 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 his pass protection has been flawless. I think Clemson could change that and, and, and you'll have to get him to move off the spot to change his accuracy, meaning you got to get his feet. Let's, let's just say Tom Brady. If you watch Tom Brady, the only times he has a bad game is when people can get his feet moving, when people can put pressure in his face. Somebody's going to have to do that, and I think Clemson might be the ones to do it. All right, so, Coach, let's go to number four, and I think this is where uh, the difference of opinion really starts to show up. Ohio State has looked really good, in the games it's played, but the Buckeyes have played only five games. So the question is, should a five win, or let's say they, they win the conference championship, a six win team really be in the top four? Well, nobody asked me, but uh, my opinion is no. Uh, I think you probably should have played at least eight or 10 games in order to compete for the big prize. And, and, this year especially, because that means you've had several weeks to get your team healthy, and that means staying away from COVID and getting in the training room and getting pull muscles healed up and getting a, a twisted ankle healed, whereas the other team's back out there busting it the next week against a tough opponent. I don't think it's fair at all for somebody who's only played a few games to compete for the championship. If they have a good day and they're fresh – uh, Ohio State has enough talent. They could beat anybody on the board. Sports Focus. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking about college football and the upcoming playoffs. We're talking with Coach Bill Curry. Coach, uh, an, I am a Gator grad twice. I have two degrees from the University of Florida. I was shocked that Florida was ranked number seven after that debacle against uh, LSU. Should the Gators be number seven? Well, I don't know enough about teams five and six, and I don't even know who they are. I haven't studied the, the rankings to that extent. I've only studied the ones that I think are going to compete for the playoffs, and, I, and I've studied them. Lest, I used to study everybody really well when I was doing the analysis for ESPN. So I'm, I'm not as 
up to date on the Gators or anybody else. Uh, but I think what's happening now, because of the limited season and because of the COVID influence, I think what's happening to the voters, and I'm just guessing at this, uh, I saw the rankings also, I think they are using reputation more than they would in ordinary circumstances. And, and I think that's to the detriment of the process. That's what uh, several of the commentators said about Ohio State. The reason Ohio State is number four is, yeah, they've played well on a limited schedule, but it's it's Ohio State, right? Florida, you know, has historically been been pretty good. So uh, there's actually a scenario where you could see Florida two wins and one of the, uh, two losses rather, and one of them a terrible loss could actually make it into the top four. They they need a whole lot of help, but it's it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, of course, the first thing they would have to do is beat Alabama in the conference championship, and that's probably the, the tallest order of all. So, Coach, with all of that taken into account, how would you rank this season in terms of weirdness in all the football you've seen in, in your years in the game? It ranks number one. What a great question, Charlie. Number one by far in weirdness. Um, life is number one in weirdness. I've lived 78 years. I haven't had another year remotely as weird. as I lived through Watergate. I was in Washington because I was president of the Players Association during Watergate. So I watched all that up close from a few blocks away. Uh, and and uh, that wasn't as weird as this is weird. I'm talking about politically now, and the sports stuff has just been off the wall. And what's been demanded of these student athletes and coaches is just uh, really unconscionable. And I am so proud of the way a vast majority of them have handled it. And they have managed the weirdness, and they have come out and done the best they could. And when they've been uh, sick, they've gone and they've quarantine they've done what they're supposed to I think the coaches have been magnificent and, and the student athletes as well and I think the student bodies have been very understanding and supportive I think it's been it's, it's a good I think it bodes well it speaks well to the youth of America and it speaks poorly for the leadership of America for what we're going through very very poorly for the leadership so, Coach, I wanted to ask you along those lines of how these young men, and actually one young woman when it comes to the Vanderbilt kicker, but uh, these young men have performed under such unusual circumstances. You sent a tweet out after the Northwestern Wisconsin game. Do you remember <laughs> that tweet? And, and will you expand yeah. on that for us? Yeah. <clears throat> I watched them play, and I thought, <clears throat> this is what it's supposed to be all about. They weren't sophisticated. They weren't polished. Wisconsin was playing with none of their receivers. All of their receivers were either freshmen or walk-ons. And Northwestern was wounded, and they played their guts out and uh, knocked the stuffings out of each other fair and square. And then when the game is over, they walked up and embraced and hugged. And I thought, dear God, thank you for competitive sport. And then I watched Army Navy last Saturday and I saw exactly the same thing. That is the youth of America. And I'm so proud of them. And I'm so proud of that young lady that ran out there and kicked that extra point. I promise you that was not easy for her. Yeah, that, that was a, a, a neat thing to see. 
uh, from the Vanderbilt kicker. So coach, uh, again, along these lines, the strangeness of this season that uh, many teams are playing with second and third line players, and yet they're out there, they're, they're, they're playing for the love of the game. Isn't again, to, to reiterate what you said, that does seem to be what it's all about. And maybe we've lost some of that. Well, they play for the love of each other. And, um, that's why football matters. Football is just a sport, but it is the only sport that I'm aware of in which every player needs every teammate on every play just to survive. Well, we realize that. And when you realize that, then you realize it doesn't matter if it's male or female. It doesn't matter what color a guy's skin is or what his religion is or what country he came from. It matters that he's your teammate and you're going to bust it for him. Every great team in football understands that every team that has great talent and gets beat does not understand that. And the United States of America is exactly like that huddle, exactly like that locker room. Just exactly. Sports focus. We'll be right back. You're listening to sports focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking to, with Bill Curry, uh, coach, Super Bowl champ, two times over, a uh, guy who really knows his football. Coach, I wanted to ask you about a couple of specific teams that, that look like there's no way they could get into the Final Four, but uh, yet have had excellent seasons. Where did Coastal Carolina come from? Good gracious. Um, I've been hearing about them for years that they were just over there kind of laying in the weeds. <laughs> well, they popped out of the weeds this year, didn't they? They did. I mean, they are really, really good. I haven't had a chance to see them play, but I wish I had. Uh, they started football uh, a while back. I, I'm, I'm not sure, 12, 14 years, something like that. And it seems to me that they started very well and had success from the beginning. That's hard to do. We learned that at Georgia State, very hard to do. I mean, we had a little early success the first year, then we got hammered the next two years, and then Georgia State is is gradually building itself. But this bunch, I mean, uh, they are they are legit. They are really really tough. I wish I knew more about them. I just don't. And coach, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about UNC. Uh, so here's a team that's eight and three, throttled Miami, just embarrassed Miami. Uh, which was number 10 at the time for a, if it weren't for a couple of plays and a couple of uh, unexpected losses, Carolina could be 10 and one under Mac Brown. Yeah. I think Mac is probably uh, sick about this team because um, he is a great coach and he, he knows which plays you're talking about. I don't, you and I don't know which plays, needed to change and how they needed to change in order for Carolina to be 10 and one. Um, but he does. And uh, that's going to bother Mac a lot. I hate that the, he doesn't need to be bothered at his age and stage. We just love Mac and Sally. We, we respect them enormously. And uh, gosh, what a great coach and person he is. I called him up when he took the job and I said, are you crazy? He said, yes, indeed I am. And well, we knew that. <laughs> so he's back out there, but those, you can tell his players respond to him and they respect him and they're, they're playing hard for him uh, and, and him, he is for them as well. And 
I'm happy for their success, and I would love to see them in the championship at some point. Yeah, the the inside scoop uh, or word that I hear is that next year is the year they were thinking they would be really good. That they'd be fairly good this year, and again had a chance to be ten and one, and but they expect to be really good next year. So, how how important is the coach in college football compared to pro football? Wow, what a great question! In college, the the coach has to be the recruiter, and also has to be the um, truant officer and also has to be the drug counselor and the teenage pregnancy counselor. And I'm, I'm serious now, I'm not making light of any of these things. That's what the coach is, all of those things and plenty more. In the NFL, the coach can just coach ball. And if you got somebody that's giving you a hard time and making a fool of himself, you just drop him. In college, you, you shouldn't drop him, you should work with him. You're, you're working with children to teach them to be leaders in society. In the NFL, you're trying to produce one thing, and that's W's, win the games. That's what matters. Yes, you teach some togetherness, and Lombardi and Shula did that. Uh, Yes, you teach no racism, and Lombardi and Shula taught that. But you don't get to teach all those things like study habits and respect for women and caring about your culture and and being the right kind of citizen um, like you do in college. So the, the college coaching job is just a lot more expansive and demanding than the NFL. Uh, Both of them are legitimately important. Uh, I happen to think the college is more important and that's why I chose college. And I I love every minute that I spent there. I wish we had done better at the places we had gone, but, uh, but our guys are mostly graduated and doing well. And I'm, I'm really proud of them. So, Coach, we have about a minute and a half left. Let's go back to the playoffs and have you handicap. First game, uh, it's actually the rematch, Notre Dame-Clemson. Clemson uh, will get even. By how much? And it'd be in no uncertain terms. Uh, Don't ever pick point spreads (laughs) in football. (laughs) And also, don't bet on football. But I'm, I'm, I'm just picking because I promised and I promised you I'd be on your show and you're asking me and I'm telling you my opinion. I think Clemson will get even. I think um, that one really stung and they almost did it without their quarterback. Now they're going to play them with their quarterback and I think they'll win. All right. So uh, actually they're facing each other in the conference championship game and then they would, depending on what happens there and, and how that shakes up the rankings. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I, I was ahead of myself. Sorry. Yeah, uh, and then, uh, again, if everything progresses as it should, Alabama wins in, in its conference championship game, and Ohio State does the same thing, then you have Alabama-Ohio State. Is is Ohio State the, the sacrificial lamb this year to the greatness of Alabama? Well, I don't think it'll be that easy. I think, um, I think um, Ohio State has enough talent to stay with Alabama, at, at least on offense, with, with Ohio State on offense. I think they'll have a really hard job to stop Alabama. But if they get a couple of turnovers and uh, can hang in there in the kicking game, then it, they can make a game of it. But I don't think they'll beat Alabama. That does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Bill Curry. Thanks also to producer Chip Sweeney. And as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.
Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media. 